It's me, Dr. Z with JB. Today, John and I talk about the how do I heal, trust others, and most importantly, trust myself. And if you listen carefully, you may actually hear a Goodwill Hunting reference. Hey. Hi. Am I extremely loud in your ear this week? No. Okay, so great. Chew. Yeah, yeah, sure. I was, I was eating pretzels because I was starving. Starve, man. Doctor, Starve. Out on that next time. I just got to say that. But welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, uh, watching live. And for those of you on the podcast, we really appreciate you uh, listening. The five-star reviews on Apple Pods go a very long way. And there has been plenty. And we thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for everyone taking a part of their now Wednesday night uh, out to, uh, you know, talk about our mental health. And that's what we're here to do. Uh, and we're going to get 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 it going right off the bat here because we had a, a lot of questions and we definitely appreciate that. I just want to remind everybody at John Barchard on the Instagram, Twitter.com, both sets of my DMs are open. So if you have any questions that we don't get to hear or you're maybe a little uncomfortable about doing it live here, please feel free. Dr. Z is not that way, but and, and for <laughs> a very good reason. Uh, Dr. Z underscore psychologist, but what she does provide you on her Instagram is incredibly valuable information every single day. So you're obviously following on here if you're watching the live, but on the podcast, please, please do follow us because she has such great information every single day. The posts are phenomenal. And one of the things that uh, comes up frequently and, you know, there's when we say there's a lot to dissect from narcissism, there's a lot to dissect from <laughs> narcissism. Uh, and, you know, Could you do that question, again? A lot of things. I don't even know what I think. Oh, there we go. That's how much stuff there is. I can't even hold it in my brain. Uh, but uh, a lot of the questions to begin with were very much co-parenting related. And that, my friends, is a completely separate topic, if you can believe that. So, yes, we will definitely get into that. Um, just know uh, we have talked about it a little in the past, so go look pa- go look for our narcissism episodes. I feel like it comes up every time. Yeah, that we do. It's so. a big thing. Well, yeah. I I promise you, even maybe for the next one, we'll do um, co-parenting as a as an entirely separate episode because there's so much information about it, and it's a very obviously emotional topic because your kiddos are involved. So. Yeah. Exactly. We'll definitely, definitely speak to that. Um, the other thing I want to say is on my Instagram today and yesterday, and then I think tomorrow I'm doing a collaboration um, with at Doodle Wellness. I believe this, at oh, Doodle Wellness. And so um, she's this amazing artist who puts mental health concepts into pictures to explain them really well. So if you go on my Instagram, you will see it, and there'll be another one tomorrow all on narcissism. Fantastic to know. Uh, also, uh, real quick announcement, then we'll get to some questions. Uh, the book that Dr. Z has been prepping for, writing her uh, crazy fingers on a, a typewriter because she doesn't know the computer, if you can believe that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, she has a book coming out May, April of 2022 that you can pre-order right now. It will. The link will be in the description of the podcast, so go make sure uh, you listen yes. to her, but... There'll be links all over the place. Dr. Z underscore psychologist as well. Very excited for that. Yes. Yeah. It's an anxiety strategy workbook um, that's very user-friendly, not a lot of psychological stuff. So it's, it's, it's very kind of, yeah, user-friendly. Um, and you can pre-order it now. So 
Fantastic. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. We got an author in the house, y'all. It's pretty exciting stuff. So, hey. Um, <laughs> uh, due to wellness, hello. Thank you so much. And oh, she's awesome. Yeah. Anytime uh, questions, uh, let, let's let it rip. And, and I'm going to start with this because it's something that you and I discussed. And I feel like if you have gotten married before and divorced already, you'd never want to do it again. So doing that with a narcissist and being like, oh, my God, where do I find the time to even think about dating again because I'm afraid to marry, first of all. And second of all, I don't even know who I am anymore. So it, I, I, personally, I don't think there is an appropriate time to do or not do. It's just kind of based on feel. But what do you think? So um, this is probably going to be opposite of what everyone thinks I'm about to say, but you should be scared. And here's why. If you don't go to therapy and work on the patterns that got you locked into a relationship with a narcissist to begin with, you have a very high chance of repeating those same exact dynamics. So if you are not going to do the work, which is extremely hard, I would caution you to get into another relationship um, because you're at a higher risk for getting involved in something like that again. Oh, for sure. And, and Especially more now after the fact, because now your sense of self is even, I mean, it's stripped away. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's gone, not gone, but it's, it's stripped away. And so you're getting into another relationship at even a lower level of self-esteem than the first one. So it's really important to go to therapy, but not just any therapy. You have to go to therapy with somebody who understands complex PTSD, who understands narcissism at its like smallest level um, to really help you process that. Yeah. And that's a, uh, it's a, there's no way around it. <laughs> you know, like, there's no way around it. It, it. it probably just means you're going to, you know, keep lily padding and not really fixing anything. And that's, uh, by the way, if, if you need a little further description of kind of what we're talking about there, we mentioned that on our last podcast where, a tendency is to go towards that uncomfortable but familiar place. That's like right. it doesn't, but you're so used to like, oh, but I know what to expect. I'm, I'm just going to go that way anyway. And right. instead, Dr. Z is saying, doing the work, that's uncomfortable both ways. You know, like you, you and I should, into that. I should say too, it's not always, I don't want to make it like you only get involved with a narcissist if you have low self esteem. Mm -hmm. You get involved with a narcissist because you don't have the education about what narcissism is. And that's why John and I talk about this so much. I could, you could, anyone we know could get involved with a narcissist if you don't have the information. Like now, you and I would never get involved with a narcissist because we know exactly what would be happening. So it's not just people who have low self-esteem, but I do promise you that when you get out of it, to go back into something else, you should be nervous. You should be scared because you have to get therapeutic help to undo those patterns and to build your self-esteem up. And real quick, because Feather's asking, and I think it's good to just kind of like, what, what is of narcissism? Like, what, you cut what out. Is, oh, I'm sorry. What, what is the definition of narcissism real quickly? So there's a difference between narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder, right? We talk about this in the other episodes. You, and I actually, my post today is on that, that uh, doodle wellness and I did um, on Instagram. So a narcissist 
is somebody who has narcissistic traits, can look selfish, self-absorbed, can be an ass, can be manipulative, but it's not pervasive across all their relationships and all their interactions. It's episodic. They, they have awareness that their, you know, um, their behaviors affect others. They feel guilt. They feel remorse. So everybody has narcissistic traits. So like right now, John and I doing this podcast, like our narcissistic, whatever, maybe a little more heightened than yours because we're responsible for this. So it, it varies. If you're a CEO of a company, you may be higher, but it's not, but when you go home with your family, you're not. So it, it varies. Narcissistic personality disorder is extremely different. It is a pervasive personality style that does not fluctuate. They may look like they're acting different, but it's a facade. It's an act. It has a purpose. They are deliberately manipulative. They are deliberately hurtful. They are deliberately calculating. You are an object to them. You don't exist. You only exist to the extent that they need their needs met. It is a whole different ballgame. Um, that's kind of my quick answer to, to that. Um, yeah, and there, yeah, there's, uh, Feather, just so you know, there's, again, the same thing. There's plenty of, uh, of podcasts and uh, advise you to go listen to a lot of those because we dive, dive deep into that. But I think it's a good idea just to kind of get, yeah. oh, as I'm down here, hello. Uh, hi. The, the, hi. Hi. Um, uh, but uh, in terms of now moving on from all that, um, yeah, like we, obviously the, the doing the work part of finding out what narcissism is, kind of going through those behaviors almost like a playbook and be like, oh, he does that, they, she does this, he does that, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. once, we're, once we're through that process, we feel like we're getting somewhere, we're, we're, we're into that. Uh, does it become easier to, I mean, you already said, yes, obviously, you know what narcissism is and how to deflect away from yeah. that, but uh, does that become about some of the time where you're like, okay, I'm less scared about it. I know I yeah. won't get trapped. Maybe I'll get back into the dating pool now. Yes. Um, and I, I really quickly, before I forget to say this, if for any yeah. reason you don't have access to therapy, you don't have access to a specialist, you can't afford therapy, you don't have health insurance, there are so many resources now on Instagram, online. Um, there are experts that, that talk about this. You know, um, Dr. Um, Remini is phenomenal about this. This is all she does. Like she has amazing videos. And so, um, you know, there are resources out there myself, the podcast. So use them. If therapy is something that you don't have access to, you do have that. And at least you can kind of see that it's a pattern. It's not just something that happened to you. It's pretty textbook across the board. And, you know, I say this all the time when I hear people talk about their stories with narcissists, I could close my eyes and it's literally the same situation. I mean, the details are different, but it's the same pattern, process, cycle of abuse over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. So I forgot your initial question. Oh, no, that's okay. I, uh, uh, that's, <laughs> I, I think you pretty much answered it for the most part. But uh, I mean, like, at, you know, at that oh, point, we're... Yes. At some point, and I know that those of you watching that are in the shit of this are like, there's no way that's going to happen. At some point, you will gain enough objectivity to this to be able to look at it. Maybe they're in another relationship. You're looking at it or they come back to you for whatever reason and you're like, oh my God, they're going to do this, this, and this. And then bam, they do this, this, and this. Oh my God, they're going to do this. And before you know it, you're able to predict their behaviors. And when you get to that point, because you will, dare I say it will become almost pathetically humorous. 
I know it doesn't feel like that now, but it will get to a point where it is so unbelievably pathetically predictable. That's when you'll start to feel that you have more, like your power back and that they can't if, do anything anymore to you. And as someone that, that is literally the steps I have just taken of somebody in my life, it's hilarious now. I am right. dying with laughter single time. Didn't think I was going to get there a year ago. I was filled with rage and anger and just like, why isn't this? I'm, I'm trying to move the rock, move the rock. And everything that Dr. Z has said in terms of trying to set that up, letting that value go, and just understanding what their actual goal is and everything, you're going to feel a lot like yourself very, very quickly. In yeah. fact, like once that moment happens, I would say in less than a year, mm -hmm. less than a year, it's going to un unlock and you're going to be like, oh, this is right, right, right. Uh, and a lot of people would describe this kind of like this light bulb kind of epiphany moment where they realize that there's a pattern to this and they mm -hmm. may not be able to pick up everything, but there's this moment where there's this shift. And from that point on, they never look at it the same. It'll still be difficult. They'll still kind of, you know, pick things and be like, Oh my God, yo, that's what that is. But it, 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 when we talked about this, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm hmm. Yeah, you really can't. And I think that's kind of the, uh, well, and I, I forgot to mention this in the beginning as well, like trying to identify narciss your narcissistic partner or whatever it is in the middle of a pandemic is probably like, whew, times 10 in so yes. the world probably feels more and more and to totally get that for everybody listening and watching. Uh, but the, the same thing still kind of apply here. And uh, a couple of good questions that are, I think are pretty much related that, that seem like, how do you trust yourself again after such a sense of failure? I thought that was a great question and kind of like tips on healing from someone if that was like, and I'll say this, mo most narcissistic people, there's a tendency to have an infidelity in the relationship. Oh, no, there is. There's, there's, no, there, there's, there's no tendency. No tendency. And okay, good. Let me, let, me, let, me ex let me explain. There is a distinct difference between having an affair because you are unhappy in your marriage versus a narcissist, someone with narcissistic personality disorder and their infidelity. Their infidelity has a much different underlying motive and underlying function. Their infidelity is to get as much supply as humanly possible. It has nothing to do with the state of their marriage. Because the state of their marriage is non-existent. It doesn't exist anyway to them. So it's truly just they're entitled to have as many sexual partners as possible. And they're not just cheating with one person. They are, there's multiple, for multiple reasons that give them multiple things at different times in their life. And there's always somebody waiting in the wings. They always go back, they recycle. Um, so infidelity with narcissism is extremely different than an affair, if that, if that makes sense. So there is no tendency. I don't think I have ever worked with anybody that didn't have a significant other that there weren't massive infidelity issues. Mm -hmm. I'm making a blanket yeah. statement with that. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's and I appreciate that you, that you are, because uh, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, you're the you're the smart one here. So <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to uh, overstate or anything. But I mean, I, I think when it comes to 
how, how do you heal from that? I mean, there, there, to me, there isn't a great answer for it. That's, that's just no. based on how, how I, and probably a lot of what we were discussing, you know, before, it's just kind of where your comfortability is and knowing that not every person you meet is a narcissist and not every person that, uh, that you're dating is going to go out and sleep with somebody right. else. Right. And you, the way you heal from it, I mean, there is no easy answer. There is no quick fix. Therapy definitely would be my top choice. If you can't access therapy, an expert on Instagram or a lot, you know, something like that. But the other thing is to use the time you have to almost kind of reinvent yourself because you probably don't know yourself without the other person. Even if it's been six months, it's not a time thing. It's a control thing. So you don't, you've lost yourself for quite a while and you've lost yourself deep. So you need to figure out small things that you can do that give you a sense of self. It could be something as simple as writing a check to pay your bill because you had no access to funds oh, because yeah. they financially abused you. So they told you to stop working, made it like it was going to be the best thing in the world and then controlled every single thing you did financially. So even just writing a check, right? Or let's say that you weren't ever allowed to go to lunch with your girlfriends. You're going to go to lunch <laughs> with your girlfriends, right? Or you weren't ever yeah. allowed to wear heels, now you're going to wear heels. These tiny, small things that seem ridiculous. Like, what do you mean he won't let you wear heels? Like, tell him to fuck off. There is this, this, there's this, the fear is so great that it seems like to us, like, well, what the hell do you mean? I'll do, I'll go to lunch with whoever I want. The mm -hmm. fear is so great. And that's why when they realize that the person can't hurt them anymore, it's like this, it's this, life shift that happens. So slowly start to find yourself, slowly start to do things that you haven't done that you want to do. And at the same exact time, be petrified. If yes. you wait to feel less scared to write a check, if you feel, if you want to, if you wait to feel less scared to go to lunch with your girlfriends, like you're going to get caught or you're, you know, you're going to get yelled at, go and at the same time feel scared because Doing the experience is going to prove that fear wrong. It's going to start to chip away with it because, look, nothing bad happens. Okay, mm -hmm. I can do it again. But if you wait to feel better by doing the same stuff you've done in the relationship the whole time, they still have control over you, which is yes. what they want. And as exactly. you start to heal, they're going to come back. And I cannot be clear enough with this. Them coming back has nothing to do with them missing you, loving you, coming to their senses, wanting to, for the sake of their family, them coming back to you is either because they don't have control over your emotions anymore because they see you happy and wearing high heels and writing your own bills, writing your own checks, or they're not getting the supply anymore from the person they were sleeping with, so they're going to try to sleep with you, or they just feel like fucking with you because they had a bad day at work. Yep, so now it's, now it's your turn. That's my, that's that's right. my relief. And they'll love bomb you again to try to suck you back in. Be mm -hmm. mindful that they didn't get in it in the first place because they loved you. They didn't stay in it because they loved you. And they're not coming back because they love you. And it's not a exactly. you thing. It, they're like this with everybody. Mm -hmm. yep. They're never going to love someone more than you because they don't love it in the first place. And there's that, like, just from experience, uh, there was someone that I know that 
there was a lot of other someones, like a definite mm-hmm. amount. So mm-hmm. you know, the the, the <laughs> you really don't matter. To you, them. you don't matter to them. Every other part of your life, but not to them. So right. stop making them care. Which leads us to a great question that I think um, uh, something that's always helped me over the past year too. How does one stay strong and committed to those boundaries in which you're here? Here they are walking through the door, or here they are with flowers, or please mm-hmm. come back. So, how do you stay strong with the boundary of not? looping them back in to, you know, be that play toy off the shelf. Yes. So one, it's hard. There's a very high likelihood you're going to screw up. Yeah. Forgive yourself when you do, because Mm -hmm. the control and the fear is so significant that it's very difficult for somebody who has very low sense of stealth to maintain those boundaries. So Look at it in terms of, of a, a slow progress. Now, there is something to be said for um, no, no contact, which is what we go for, no contact. Like, put co-parenting aside for a second. That's why it's a separate thing because no contact isn't always possible when you have kids. No contact is where you block them on everything. Social media, change your email, change your locks. You, you have zero contact with them. Your friends block them on everything. Um, you, know, you change your phone number, block them on your email, whatever. That is something that what I, w- I would highly recommend. You may very well start to, like maybe you unblock them just to see what they're up to and then they immediately send you a message. Mm-hmm. And you start to get kind of sucked back into that. That happens a lot. You will realize sooner that you did it and you'll mm-hmm. realize how shitty you feel sooner than before because now you're more objective to it. So. Going no contact 100% is the goal. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, don't, don't lessen your self-esteem even more because it's hard to keep some of these boundaries. This is not easy. This, is, this isn't a normal breakup. You have to understand that. This is a very different breakup. And I always explain it like this. It's like a drug addiction, right? So if you think about somebody that uses heroin or you think about somebody that drinks, mm-hmm. When they get sober, the likelihood of relapse when they first get sober is extremely high. Does that mean that they'll never stop drinking or never stop doing drugs? No. What it means is that they need to get help again, and they may need to have those kind of slip-ups in order to reach a state of sobriety. So, Mm -hmm. you know, narcissism is based on that intermittent reinforcement schedule that we talk about where... You never know what you're going to get because the narcissist has total control of when they're going to love you, when they're going to hate you, when they're going to hit you, when they're going to give you the silent treatment, when they're going to leave the house, when they're going to come back, when they're going to cheat. And you have no idea, but they make you think you're responsible for it, but you, they're doing it at, at random. So you're going crazy wondering what you're doing to make it happen. How can you predict it? And you can't. It's no different than, than drug addiction. You, you, it's this constant push, pull, push, pull, push, pull. So it keeps you constantly hypervigilant and anxious, constantly searching for the drug, searching for that love bombing stage that never existed to begin with over and over and over again. Um, so it's extremely difficult to cut ties. It is hard as yeah. hell. If you drop a boundary, it is okay. You will put it back up again. And, mm. and I tell people this, if it takes you five days to leave or five years to leave, 
do whatever you need to do so that the last time you leave is the last time you leave. Yes. Um, that's a fantastic yeah. point. Uh, uh, and I, I wanted to take it a step further before I, I uh, forgot about it. When you were mentioning the social media and blocking, just don't go on it anymore for a while. If you're in this state where like you can't see straight, you don't know where you're at, notifications off immediately. Mm -hmm. Off, off, off. Don't mm -hmm. even look at social media for a month. The other thing that I recommended too, actually, is I've had people tell, like people that, they're, that they trust, to have them log out, log back in with a password that the other person doesn't know. So even mm -hmm. if you wanted to log in, you, you can't. It's a great um, idea. It, because sometimes that, that, that ability to say no to yourself when it's 3 o'clock in the morning and they called you accidentally and left a message accidentally of them telling somebody they love them. Right. Or. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That was. For those of you like, that are just listening. <laughs> this is why you spot. need to be here live. <laughs> I was making a sign that maybe some people make. Amazing. See, this is why they need to come to the live. This, yeah. this is why. Um, so, yeah. So. <laughs> They, they will accidentally text you, hi, honey, I'll be home soon. They didn't need to text you. And they know that. And you know Oops, that. Sorry. Wrong sorry. Number. Wrong number. <laughs> um, so you may, that may pull you back in and, and understand that, again, it's okay. You are going through something traumatic. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. It is your responsibility to heal, but it is not your fault. Yes. Um, so keep that in mind and kind of be a little bit gracious with yourself, but at the same time, make sure you keep kicking yourself in the ass to move yourself forward. And they said we wouldn't have a Goodwill hunting moment on any of these shows. Look at that. Hey. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, um, that is, yeah, like, I can't tell you how dead on that is, though. It's just the the the, the freeing of okay, they're not, they're just doing that to, to, to screw with me. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like the moment that you recognize when that, that. you When you recognize that, it's laughable. You're already on to the next thing. And you're going like, That's oh, right. my God. That's right. I'm, I over how awesome that idea of is giving somebody your, your other password for social yeah. media. Yep. I wish they could text. Like, I wish it was specially designed. Like, obviously, you can block and remove, but, you know, are you sure you want to text this thing? That would be a nice little feature for everybody, at, you know, from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. or whatever. So that's the other thing, too. I'm glad you said that. The other yeah. thing I strongly recommend is, you know how when you write, we've all been there, narcissists or not, but when you write those really big texts because you're, like, really pissed off or you're really emotional or you're really sad and you miss somebody and you write this whole long text, sleep on it. Yes. There is going to be no difference if you send it now or you send it 10 hours later. Nothing's going to change. Sit with it. Go back to it. Revise it. Sit with it. Go back to it. Revise it. Because two things are going to happen. Either you'll still send it, but it's going to be cut down tremendously without mm -hmm. the emotional stuff in it. Or you don't send it. <laughs> Laura's saying she texts it to herself, which I think yes. is great. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, there's been times where, not narcissists, but like there's been times where I've been really angry at somebody and I just want to like vent and I write this like whole thing because I can get really, you know, and, you know, and I'll, I won't send it or I'll send it to a friend and say like, <laughs> tell me not to send this, you know, and, and so you have to kind of take that pause. 
Um, but when you're dealing with someone with narcissism, it's not as simple as taking a pause because whoever I'm writing my message to doesn't have control over me the same way a narcissist has control over their partner or ex-partner. So it is not a normal breakup and therefore it is not a normal journey to get over. Absolutely. Nushiat saying I've made that same mistake. In fact, just last night, <laughs> welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. That's what I'm, it's okay. That's fine. Yes. It's fine. Just so that every time you respond, they win. No matter what you say, like Dr. Z is saying, if you respond, they win. So if I, 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 I throw them now. Like I, I, I can't I, hear you. You're cutting out. Oh, I, I was just saying, I, I, I throw my phone the moment that I have that feeling because I'm just like, just go to bed. And that's something Carrie's actually taught me because I'm the worst. I, I, for a narcissist, I, easiest bait in the world like because they they know i like to just I, I don't like to let things go so like it's 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 a it's a it's, and honestly it's probably not that healthy for you anyway well you know, i mean it, here's I, the thing you have to i mean keep in mind any relationship is a lot of emotional energy and effort you've invested so mm -hmm. any relationship i just had this conversation with somebody any any relationship um, is really difficult to let go of because it's such a huge part of you and it is, seems so final to have no contact with somebody. You know, it's, mm -hmm. like, it's, like, it's like you're grieving the loss of, healthy or not, doesn't matter. You're grieving the loss of a relationship, but the person's still very much alive, mm -hmm. very much dating other people, very much living their life, except not with you. And that's yeah. really, really difficult bring narcissism into the mix. And now you have somebody that you want to disconnect from because you know they're unhealthy, but at the same time, they had such control over you that it, it's, it's, it, you have a chemical reaction to mm -hmm. the breakup. You have a chemical, you, you literally are experiencing the same type of feeling if overdosing from drugs, like that same type of push-pull. Um, so it's different and, you know, Every time you let your boundary down, it's not even just that the other person wins. It's that you lose a little bit of credibility. And you are, your boundaries are for you. You can't help it if they continue to contact you. That's out of your control. But what you can do is continue to set your boundaries. So all people say to me, you know, I set a boundary, but it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, okay, well, what, do you, what do you mean it didn't work? Well, I, I told them not to contact me, and they keep calling me. Okay, well, they keep calling you, but you have no control over that. Your boundary is telling them not to call and not responding to it. Did you not respond to it? No, I didn't pick up the phone. Well, you then maintained your boundary. Your yeah. boundaries are for you and you alone. You have zero control over what they do, especially a narcissist. They don't give a shit about your boundaries. <laughs> they could care less. What will happen is the reason... A healthy person will respond to boundaries in a way that's like, all right, I get it. I'm sorry. I crossed the line. I see it now. I apologize. Won't happen again. Mm. Even if they don't get, even if they don't agree with it, they respect the other person's boundaries. A narcissist, it may look like they're respecting their boundary, your boundaries, but really they just got fucking bored <laughs> because they weren't getting what they wanted. You became boring. Mm -hmm. That's it. Or and that's all. Uh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. They go to someone else. 
They, and they never apologize. Exactly. But yeah, they, they never They will. may say they're sorry, but they also don't understand. They don't think there's a reason. It's not even like they know they did something wrong, but they're choosing not to apologize. Mm-hmm. They don't even think what they're doing is wrong. It, they're entitled. They can do whatever they want. They don't look at themselves as in the wrong ever. So there isn't even the concept of apologizing. If they do apologize, it's because they want sex, they want money, they want your attention, they want to get back in to make you feel like shit again, whatever. Yep. Uh, and um, it's especially like, I feel most of this, and so I think a, a few people even mentioned this in the comments, this always tends to happen at night. <laughs> and holidays, of- anniversaries, mm-hmm. birthdays. Yes. Yes. So, how is and I, it's it's hard to stop thinking about it once it's an hour before your bedtime or thirty minutes yeah. before your bed. I know Lynn Marie was had had uh, asked a question in here too, and we really appreciate you tuning in every week, Lynn Marie. You are the best. Thank you so much. How how do you stop thinking about that at night of like oh you're going to go through the what could have been what should have been the sadness cycle all that other stuff? How do we can kind of maybe find some things to help us sleep a little better at night. So um, one of the things that will be very helpful is my book when it comes out April 2022, because there's going to be a lot of strategies on how to deal with thoughts you don't want to have. So the first thing that JB said incorrectly is how do we stop having these thoughts? Sorry, that was Lynn Marie's question. I was just leading it verbatim. And Lynn I had, Marie, I- you should know by now. I'm just kidding. Um, You can't stop a thought. The more you try to stop having a thought, the bigger it gets, the more pervasive it becomes, the louder it is. So I know everyone's sitting here, but why would I want to think about them? It's, It's not about wanting to or not wanting to. It's about thoughts and feelings. They're, it's like, not to sound like, like, you know, like, like I'm going to read your fortune now, but it, it is, it's energy. It has to go somewhere. So you have to, in order to let the thought go away, I'm doing air quotes for those that can't see, it is something that has to pass. The more you try to stop thinking about it, it's like sticky paper. Mm-hmm. You're making it stay. Because in order to not have a thought, like don't think about my ex, you have to say the word, think about my ex. So in order to not have a thought, you have to cognitively say the thought. There's no yeah. way to not have it. So you have to have the thought, let it pass, don't answer it, don't litigate with it, don't acknowledge it, but don't ignore it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of strategies for that on my website, workshops, go take a look, my book, and all that. But there's a way you want to objectify it. So you want to take the thought and put it here. You're not ignoring it. You know it's there. You can grasp onto it anytime you want. One of the biggest reasons why people grasp onto these worries at night for a couple reasons. Chemically, there's a lot of stuff going on differently at night and during the day. That's number one. Number two, you have no structure. You have all the time in the world now to sit with your thoughts that you've been avoiding by going to work, going to the gym, playing tennis, taking a shower, driving in your car, feeding your kids. Now you're laying in your bed and all these thoughts are coming at you. Um, so it's, diff- it's, it's hard but you have to have them to let them pass. And the more you try not to, the worse, the worse it's going to get. So what I recommend, if you can't sleep because you're having these thoughts, I like journaling, but not like journaling. I, I like journaling for the purpose of writing the thoughts out so that they become objective. 
you are looking at them rather than being scrambled in your, in your head. So put them out here. Do it before you go to bed. Put it aside. The other thing mm-hmm. I recommend, if you are laying in bed for more than 15 minutes, get up out of bed. Go into another room. No blue screen, no TV, no phone. You can listen to music. You can read a book. 15 minutes, have a glass of de- decaf tea, something. After 15 minutes, yes, yes. It calms you. You go back to bed. Don't lay in your bed more than 15 minutes if you can't sleep because then you start to associate your bed with worry. Mm. Your bed should only be associated with sex and sleep. If you want to take a nap during the day, take it on your couch. You want to watch TV, don't lay in your bed. Sit on your couch. Um, So those are some strategies to help with the worry aspect, but they're going to be there and you have to have them. And I would say, uh, on uh, Dr. Z's note, like I've made a human, well, I've, I'm trying to make, I should say, uh, a good nighttime routine for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would recommend the same to you, Lynn Marie, just, just as what, uh, what you were saying there. Like, I, I find it as, uh, I, I find meditating at night to be the best, to come, to, especially after... If someone, if for some reason, one, recommend not having the phone anywhere near you after like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever you feel comfortable with, and just away. <laughs> uh, except for when you're watching Dr. Z. No, and us, not right now. Uh, but uh, what? What? Uh, when Amazon doesn't exist at 3 a.m., what do you mean? I'm when you order the packages and don't remember and they come the next day, and you're like, what is this? I ordered a fan? <laughs> I, I want to order a little pallet of, or a little pallet, a little box of cookies, and I ended up ordering five, like, lar- anyway, large, anyway. Large cases. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's absolutely ridiculous what happens at night when your thoughts are going, like, speed racing. But the, uh, the, the meditating, for sure, like, I'm a big, ba- I was, never was, really. I'm a big bath and, and, and basalt type of guy. I'm just kind of back and. I would never it- take you for a bath guy. It is a, oh, it's the best. I, I love it. At night, I love it. Yeah, like it is very, very soothing, very calming. Uh, deep bass, like whatever vibrations, it's the best thing in the world. I, I love doing that. So uh, um, uh, I want to say this too really quickly. So when people say they don't want to have these thoughts, like obviously you don't want to have these thoughts. Why the hell would you want to have these thoughts? But, but here's something to keep in mind. If God forbid you lost a child, Okay. Mm. If God forbid you lost your spouse, your best friend, your parent, and they, they, they were gone, they died. Mm. Would it be strange to tell yourself, don't think about it? Yeah, that would be absolutely bizarre. They're, they died. It would be odd not to ruminate and think about them. A breakup with a narcissist is so traumatizing that to have the expectation that you're not going to have those types of thoughts is extremely um, just unrealistic. Yes. Not that I'm comparing the death of a child to a narcissist. Please, please understand that. I'm just saying when something traumatic happens, one of the reasons why PTSD develops or complex PTSD develops is because the person continuously avoids dealing with the discomfort. What you went through was traumatic. So to expect not to have those thoughts is totally unrealistic and not healthy. Do you want to have them? No, of course not. But to expect not to is what's going to set you up for failure. Yeah. With that. And it's going to lead to a lot of questions like, how come I'm not better yet? How come yes. I'm not? 
I'm not keep right. thinking that it's just going to create more anxieties for you. So, hundred uh, percent. And and yes, it is. Yeah, don't beat yourself over over any of it in the be, especially in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. it, you just have to take it. Sounds so so coach speaky, but you're like, in take shock it, in the beginning. Yes. I mean, yes. you're 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 realizing your entire relationship for God knows how long was not real in the sense of they never cared about you. Like, holy shit. Like your whole world just exploded and you expect not to have thoughts at three in the morning. Like get, that's what I'm saying. Give yourself some room, give yourself some grace, like be kind to yourself. Like you are entitled and allowed to have these thoughts. In fact, they're necessary. Yes. Yeah. You have to process all of this. You have to process all everything that just kind of happened here too. And, and again, in the comments here, six years later and still having these thoughts, is that yes. bad or good? I, I mean, it's neither bad or good. It's just what comes up for you. Yeah. We don't, whatever it, it, it might take six years. It might yeah. take six months. I, it, it just depends on what you've gone through, how long you've been through it. And, you know, um, can you explain that? What if they say they, they love you? I mean, like they're they're always going to say they love you. It doesn't. They mean don't it, it, love you. They're not. They're actually not even neurologically, cognitively capable of loving you. They don't love you. You don't exist. They love what you can give them when they need it. Period. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the trauma part that people have a really difficult time sitting with. And I and I get it. Yeah, like it's it's. If you're asking yourself, well, did those moments of of intimacy or when he said love or anything? I mean, like, probably not. No, and, and they fact, didn't. No, like they I didn't. got trying to be nice. No, they didn't. And that's the part that for the like, men too, obviously, but I work mostly with women. That's the thing that the women I work with have the hardest time with is this wrapping their head around all those intimate, private, fun, kids' birthday parties, family vacation moments didn't mean anything. Nothing. It, nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's such like a, well, it had to mean something. No, they needed their need that they wanted to look good or, you know, the person they were having, the multiple people they were having an affair with, they were also going to the same place in Mexico. So they said, let's go on a family vacation too. I mean, like, I've heard it all. <laughs> yeah. If you can imagine that narcissistic person playing with a bunch of Barbie dolls in a house and all yes. that, that's exactly what they are. I love if that. You are just you're putting it here and I need this to look on the surface great yes. for everybody else because yes. I've got to this whatever bullshit for my job, my other relationships right. or whatever. And I got to turn around and be like, look at what I did for this entire family. And this is how I get treated. This is how you treat. And let me put into they And you may say, well, I don't understand. You know, they're, 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 they get along so well with so-and-so like a neighbor or a friend or a college roommate. That's fake too. It's not like they're just selecting you to be this way with and they're going to love somebody else more. It will never happen ever. And if it looks like that, it's the same thing. It's not, it's a facade because they need to make themselves feel important. They need to make themselves feel invincible, not vulnerable. And any time you bring it up to them in order to avoid accountability or avoid you seeing them for who they are, 
they're going to, even after the breakup, they're going to blame you. They're going to shame you. They're going to have a smear campaign about you. Tell people things about you. You're crazy. You know, you, you stalk them, which, you know, and really all you're trying to do is get child support, right? Um, or get them to try to call their kid. So right. there's always going to be an action on their part to hide the side of them they can't let out to the public. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And we definitely need to keep talking about probably the after part of uh, there. There'll probably be a part two, three, four, five of moving on too, because there's a bunch of different angles that, that come up from this. And obviously, like we said, uh, we definitely want to get into the co-parenting yeah. aspect. That, my friends, holy shit, does that suck? <laughs> it just suck. Uh, I can't even. I hide it. It is the worst fucking thing in the it world. Really, it really, it's unreal. It's unbelievable, yeah. but the, it does get better. And I can, you know, we can. I can say that because I've looked at it and I've seen they it. They don't get better. But they don't you get, get better. better. Perfectly put. Perfectly yeah. put. And I do want to say for for those of you listening to the podcast, it's going to sound a re little ridiculous, but yes, please go subscribe. And uh, somebody in the comments was saying, "Do you save the lives?" Yes, we do both. So uh, go subscribe to the podcast. There's there's plenty more on narcissism that we've covered over the last what are we on almost twenty sessions now? 20, we'll be at yeah. next week. Um, so uh, there's a lot to deal with anxiety, narcissism. It's a great uh, a bunch of series and conversations. I love talking to Dr. Z every single week. Um, and the lives are there too. So if you're listening to the podcast and want to know what we look like and you've never seen our faces before, uh, Dr. Z underscore psychologist <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, well, we are eventually, we've tried a couple of times, but we are going to hammer down and, and simulcast and and uh, YouTube will be up and Twitter if we have that. We're, we're getting to those parts, but we just wanted to make sure you guys have a great live. And um, we appreciate you, Dr. Z. Everything's always Oh, and next week, next week we're on Mondays from now on. Monday, switching to Mondays uh, around around eight o'clock. Around eight o'clock. <laughs> and JB will post this tomorrow on Apple, Spotify, all that, so you can download it tomorrow. Hundred percent. So uh, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you missed any of it, appreciate everyone as always. Thank you to our regulars, Kim, uh, Lynn, Marie. I think I found uh, who else was in here. A couple other people that were in here. I'm trying to scroll through. If I didn't get to you, I apologize. But again, like I said, my DMs are open on Twitter, on uh, Instagram. If you have any questions about this, or if you uh, feel like you want to create content like this for yourself, uh, that's what I do, and that's why uh, me and Dr. Z are just like the greatest pair in the world. I love working Ever. with her. And, and uh, we're still all going to Top Gun in November, whether we like it or not. Uh, uh, I appreciate everybody in live and on the podcast. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye, -bye. Thank you.